and welcome back to another episode of everyone's favorite podcast, Jacques Talks. I, of course, am your host, Jacques Charbonneau, and uh, we'll probably be doing some talking today. Actually, a lot of talking today. We're finally to the episode I've been teasing for years now, and I'm excited. I'm excited to jump into it. We're going to be doing the story of a 10-time state champion. You're talking to him. You're talking to him right here, right now. Of course, we're talking about marching band, uh, state championships, but really, we're just going to be talking about band in general and my experience in band. And I think really the point of this episode for me is to explain to my friends and the people in my life exactly what I did for the good part of. I was like definitely a band kid, quote unquote, like that was the activity I did in high school. So that was like four years, but I did band in college as well. It's a lot different in college, but we'll get into that. Obviously it was something I did in college. It was definitely like my activity, but college, it's easier to branch out and do other things. Obviously school's a big thing and you're actually living with your friends. So it's not like, like in high school, a lot of my friends were just the people I did band with. Right. But I obviously had really, really awesome friends in band in college, but I also had all the guys I lived with. None of them were in band. And so it was a lot of different dynamics doing band at college. And college was more about kind of pumping the crowd up and getting the players hype and the stadium hype and stuff like that. Whereas in high school, it's actual competitions, right? Obviously, well, a little bit of a spoiler by saying I'm a 10-time state champion, but it's probably what I'm going to title this episode, just kind of to flex and also entice the viewers to listen. So... Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's going to be a really nice talk. Honestly, I'm unless this ends up being really weird and stupid, <laughs> I'm like kind of thinking this might be one of my best episodes or one of the episodes I would point people to go listen to or that's what I want out of it at least because I think I talk I'm so bad about just talking about the show at like a meta level, but for me like this show is what it's just me talking about the things in my life, right? So if I can sit down and talk for maybe an hour and a half or so about the entire story of me being in band, then that's great. And I think that's really cool for someone uh, to be able to go and listen to, I guess, especially if you don't want to sit and actually hear me yap in person forever and ever about band. Anyways, without further ado, um, maybe we'll do a little recap first. How's my week been? Third podcast episode in a row in subsequent weeks. Very big deal. Haven't done that in a long time. Well, we hadn't done two in a row in a long time. Now we're up to three, so it's a good trend going on here. Good trend for sure. Not a whole lot going on for me this week. Pretty, I wouldn't necessarily say boring, but definitely not really up too much. Just working and uh, hanging out at home, doing stuff around the house. And yeah, not, I'm trying to like think. I should have thought about this before. I'm trying to think if there's anything really to, to update on. The Super Bowl is in a week and a half now, which is exciting. Me and Aaron will be hosting a Super Bowl watch party like we did last year. At least that's the plan. So that's exciting and kind of what's close on the horizon for me. I think I mentioned two episodes ago, my next big kind of events are all in March. My birthday, of course, on the 5th, and we'll be celebrating the weekend before. Because, of course, the weekend after, I will be in Orlando on a company trip. And then the weekend after that, I've got friends coming into town to visit. So... All around, very, very exciting month. Looking forward to February, though, not not a ton going on. So uh, may, probably a little more of what's 
my last week has been just kind of chill vibes uh you know it's still kind of the winter time it's too cold to go out and do stuff but uh we still get bored so it's fine a lot of nba watching the Timberwolves are good right now i'm not gonna sit and say the same things i did two episodes ago so that's kind of where i'm at i've been good and we're just uh we're just chilling and living life right now so that's how goes it so now without further ado we can uh (laughs) jump into the band stuff it's kind of hard so i i prepped a lot uh in terms of i I wrote a bunch of scores down because they're important to the story Uh, but there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle of band so we're definitely going to start kind of where my journey began but i just kind of want to preface how i'm going to kind of describe everything so there's here's kind of the pieces of the puzzle right so there's before i started doing marching band of course i started just learning an instrument and then there is the high school marching band I did, which was with the group, the 728 Cadets. Now, that is not really that normal. Most high school marching bands are their high school name. Uh, so you would assume it would have been, I grew up in Elk River, Minnesota. So you'd assume it'd be like the Elk River High School Marching Band. But when my high school, my hometown high school, of course, I went to a private high school. But we'll get into all this stuff. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But actually, you know no, I'm, I'm already kind of explaining it. So the 728 Cadets, Elk River High School is in the district, District 728 of Minnesota. And at the time when the marching band was being formed, which was like in 2011 or so, 20, maybe a little before that, actually, oh, hell, a lot before that. I, my first year was in 2012. So I think I was in like year six. So it was probably in around 2007 or so that it was being formed. They tried to do it with Elk River High School, but they didn't get enough kids to want to do it. And so they decided to open it up to the whole school district because it was kind of the same situation in the other schools. So we were comprised of students from Elk River, Rogers, and Zimmerman. And I guess I'll kind of explain this now. So I started doing it in seventh grade. I was still going to school in Elk River. Inevitably, I went to a private high school in Minneapolis, but they didn't have a marching band. And we'll get to this later. Their band program kind of sucked in general. So kind of how the rules went where if you went to a school and they didn't have a marching band, you could kind of just do marching band wherever. So like kids who are homeschooled, right? They're, it's still open to letting them do marching band in the district of which they live. So I think technically when they would like record where everyone went to school, I think they just put me as homeschooled to make it easy and simple. So we didn't have to like jump through a hoop or whatever, but it was definitely okay but it made for interesting times definitely uh the main activity i did after school was <laughs> i didn't have to rush home and do it but once again we'll kind of get into all that but anyway so yeah the high school marchman i did was the 728 cadets which i'll often refer to just as the cadets so maybe that's a little confusing that makes you think of the army or something but that's kind of the point right uh very militaristic is how a lot of marchmans try to appear and that's how we did at least at first um And then there's two other groups that I did as well in high school, all under the same umbrella, but technically they had different names. So I was in River Valley Percussion Theater and River Valley Sound. So same situation. Both of those are uh, a winter drum line and a winter horn line group. Now, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself once again, but essentially during the summer months, the spring and summer months, we would do marching band. And then in the fall and winter months, we would compete indoors in winter 
the groups would kind of separate, right? So that's like the winter drum line, or like that's the typical one you think of like a competing drum line. They're in a gym. They they put out a giant like art mat. There's a big show. We'll, we'll get into all that. But anyway, so I did a drum I did drum line for two years, and then I was also part of one of the first in the country's ever winter horn line, which is essentially you can picture it like a marching band, like a halftime marching band in a gym. So it's much smaller in a gym and then there's no there's no drum line there's no color guard with it it's just the band and so when i did it for my first year in 2014 we were actually the first high school group in the country to do it um so we'll get into that whole story too but i bring up all this to say i'm going to take us through the entire journey from start to finish of the 728 cadets so my first year in it i'm also holding a pencil for I don't know. I talk with my hands. And so I'm sorry if you've been hearing clicking. Uh, I've just been <laughs> moving that up and down. But anyways, I digress. See, I'm, I'm all over the place. Welcome to Jacques Talks. Um, I'm going to tell from year one to my senior year in the band. But within those years, I was also doing the drumline and the hornline stuff. But I'm going to talk about those afterwards. So the the whole journey here is not going to be in chronological order exactly, but it's going to be approximate. Okay. Then also I did march one year of quote unquote professional marching band, which is called drum corps. So we'll also be talking about that. I did that in my junior year of high school. So obviously one of my cadets years was senior year of high school. So I'm going to jump kind of back to that afterwards as well. And then once we kind of clear everything I did before college, then we'll talk about college march band and a lot of that will just kind of be talking about the differences my experiences and stuff like that so that's kind of how i picture this whole podcast episode going so just kind of wanted to preface that there's some other stuff that in general i'm i'm more going to be focusing on my kind of direct experiences how practices were what shows we did how like our scores obviously spoiler alert we won a lot <laughs> and yeah, obviously there there was drama here and there throughout the years of marching band. Um, obviously, you know, I was at band camp. Like, we don't talk about what happened at band camp, but it's it's not really like that. It's more like, obviously, I, you know, I've had girlfriends. I had girlfriends while I was in the band, but I'm not going to be sitting here like spilling the tea about this girlfriend and this and that and all that other stuff, right? So, I just want to be like, this is not a, a tell-all expose on the 728 cadets, and you know, this person was mean and yada 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 it's more just my my experience and what it was like and actually giving perspective on you know what what it is to be in marching band and i'm not going to sit here and get on a soapbox and be like marching band's a sport and it needs to be respected like that and yada 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 i mean those discussions happened all the time in high school i'm sure they still happen to this day i think that you know marching band in general is a very physical activity it was very competitive so it does check some of those boxes you would for a sport. But at the end of the day, I think the best way to put it, and it's often advertised as, it, it, advertised as this, is it's the sport of the arts. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's like a competitive sport or it, it is a, in quotation marks, sport. Okay, I, I'm not here to convince you of that really either. I just more want to kind of key people into what it was and what my experience was. I don't know. I, I think I offer a somewhat unique perspective on marching band, at least more unique than probably a lot of people, because I I really wasn't 
or I really am not like a big musical guy. Not not like musical theater, like in general music. Like I, I don't play an instrument anymore, really. I, I kind of would like to. Obviously, it was a big part of my life for so long, but I definitely didn't do outside of like showing up to practice, doing our performances. I was not really into learning instruments and like being a big band kid uh, because I loved sports and I, I wish I had done sports too. Parts of me regret not doing that. But at the end of the day, I chose to do kind of what I was good at and what I, I, I enjoyed, you know. So all that to say is I loved marching band and I respect the hell out of it and I have no regrets about it. And I wish I had done more of the kind of professional level marching band stuff. But at the same time, I fully acknowledge that a lot of marching band stuff is really corny very silly, very uh, almost like childlike a lot of the time, which would kind of bother me, especially in college. And I definitely had and have like a self-consciousness, very self-conscious about the fact that I was a band kid. I always, it was always on my shoulder. Like, I don't want to seem like a loser. And, you know, I'm just being fully transparent. Like I did feel embarrassed almost sometimes when I was talking to people and like had to be like, Yep, I was in marching band, or I, I'm in marching band, because a lot of the times it felt like it did just kind of put me in a box of, like, the kind of person I am, or, like, you know, what jokes I find funny, and stuff like that, and I wish I could say I I didn't feel embarrassed, and I, I definitely shouldn't have as much as I did, and I still kind of do, but I think that's something I'm trying to work on, and something, you know, why I'm happy to sit down and kind of talk about everything in marching band and just kind of get it off my chest because I never bring it up and part of that once again is just because I'm embarrassed to be like seen as this band nerd and I shouldn't be so anyways I'm just kind of rambling on now that's kind of all the precursor to everything so let's jump into the beginnings by the way if you hear like a swiping noise or whatever I actually have a couple like flashcards full of scores and data and stuff like that so I, I do have notes I'm trying to trying to cover as much ground a- accurately as possible here because a lot of this is very I'm, someday we'll make a movie about this i swear this is a like a an amazing story a journey quite frankly of uh one one kid and one group uh i definitely was not alone marching man is now not a not a solo feat i did have a solo though we'll get to that don't worry i'm just lining you up here i'm getting you excited so we can f- flip all the way back to technically fifth grade in my middle school, school district, or elementary middle school, we didn't start learning instruments until sixth grade. And so end of fifth grade, they go, hey, do you want to be in band? Do you want to be in choir? Or do you want to be in study hall? Actually, my year, they started requiring everyone to do at least one year of band or choir. Of course, because I was a tryhard and thought I was you know, musically gifted, I decided to do both band and choir, which was not super uncommon, but I think there was maybe... 15 or 20 of us so we would just alternate which weeks we did which one i'm not really a good singer i don't know why i did choir i think i because i have so much musical background from you know that experience i definitely can sing in key like very well i'm very uh, i don't even know how to say it see i'm I'm not even like a musical genius but I, i can sing fine like in key in pitch I don't have like perfect pitch, but, uh, but my voice itself is not like, I'm not ready to go on American Idol. You know what I mean? Like my voice itself isn't very, I don't even know how to say, like, 
I, I wouldn't say it sounds bad, but it's it's not really a good singing voice, uh, is all I'll say. And I uh, I have like a really funny sounding uh, falsetto, so I really like joke singing in the car, like really high Taylor Swift songs and stuff like that. But anyways, yes. Yeah, so I did band and choir because I thought I was a superstar. And so it came time, end of fifth grade, to kind of sit down and decide which instrument you're going to pick up. And so at the time, you go in and you try a couple things out, and I was trying some stuff out. They bring us into, like, the art room of my elementary school, and they're like, do you want to play brass or do you want to play woodwind? I was like, I think I want to play brass. And so they're like, okay, let's try this out. And so I tried a couple mouthpieces, and I decided I really liked the trumpet. And he was like, okay, that's cool, that's cool. And... My friend Kyle, who was like the only other person who had came to this try instrument out session that I knew, or I was like semi-close to, was trying stuff out. And he was like, I think I want to do trombone. And I heard Mr. DeRozan, I think was his name. I think that was his name. It's DeRose something. I think it was DeRozan. Wait, DeMar DeRozan's a basketball player. It was DeRozier, I think, actually his name. I'm getting confused. But anyways, Kyle was like, oh, I'm going to do trombone. And the band teacher at the time, the sixth grade band teacher was like, that's awesome. We always could use more trombones. There, you know, a lot less people do trombone than trumpet. And I heard that and I was like, all right, I don't want to do the thing that every kid does. So I was like, you know what? Let me try that trombone one, mouthpiece one more time. I tried, I was like, you know what? Let's do trombone. So I switched to trombone. Lo and behold, about a month later, without me even knowing uh, behind the scenes, Kyle switched back to trumpet. So... Uh, we'll actually get to Kyle later. He he shows up. Actually, he shows up like the rest of my career. He did March Man with me. At, at the little did we know back in that uh, uh, try your mouthpiece out day in fifth grade, we'd uh, be the heads of the marching band one day. But anyway, so he ended up switching to trumpet. So originally, I was like, I'm gonna do trumpet, and he was gonna do trombone. But then we ended up doing the opposite thing. So uh, it all worked out for the better in the end, for sure. So that's how I settled on band. So I did band in sixth grade. Uh, I have like very random memories from just sixth grade in general, quite frankly. But I remember playing this one like trombone featured song in sixth grade. It was called Taking My Walrus for a Walk. The real ones know. Shout out. Big shout out actually to my friend Jordan, who's probably the only person who would listen to this podcast who I was in band with who played trombone with me in sixth grade. He only did band for one year, though. <laughs> but uh, he definitely remembers taking my walrus for a walk. And the other thing that was so gross is we had, like, a solo and ensemble night. And so I was forced to do an ensemble with all the other kids, all the other brass players who were in band and choir so we could, like, practice at the same times. But the other trombones in the band did, like, a little trombone quintet or whatever. And right before they were going to go on, we were, like, waiting to watch them. And Jordan turns to me, he's like look at this and then like blows spit out of the trombone slide which is normal but the spit that came out was like straight up green and i was like that's disgusting bro's like mucusing down his trombone like that's so gross anyways sorry for the disgusting image but that's like the one thing i remember from uh sixth grade band so (laughs) good times anyways at the time of sixth grade i was still playing sports i was very i was in my baseball era if you want to know my my middle school baseball stories. You can flip back to one of my old episodes. I don't. I think it's called like my middle school baseball glory days or something like that. And uh, anyways, at the time, my friends Corey and Zach were going to do marching band, 
and it's because Corey's older brother had already been doing marching band for a couple of years now. And Corey, because of his older brother, they let him sneak in and do it uh, a year early. So they let him do it when he was in sixth grade. But in my district, the first year you're allowed to do marching band was in seventh grade. So Corey had done sixth grade, and he convinced our friend Zach to do the winter drumline in seventh grade. So it's like the summer after your grade is that year for you. So the first year for March Man for me was the summer of seventh grade. So the summer between seventh and eighth grade. But during the seventh grade school year, they had done the winter drumline stuff. And so Corey and Zach were both in drumline. And so was Corey's older brother, Jake, who... I don't know if I should be saying all these names, but I kind of am. They're, they're ambiguous enough names. Just don't don't search these people up on my like Facebook profile. Um, I don't think any of these people listen or will listen to this episode, but who knows. So anyways, Corey had got Zach to do Drumline. They had a lot of fun. It was a really good time. And so they're like, let's get all of our other friends who are also in band to do March Man with us. Or at least I think we kind of had a, like kind of a contingency in my middle school of we were all like pretty decent at band. Uh, like the kids who sucked at band are the kids who didn't try. Like at this point in middle school or even high school, the people who aren't really good at band are the people who either their parents make them do it or their parents make them do it. You know what I mean? Like we were only so good for seventh graders, but at least we liked it and we were trying. So he was kind of like getting everyone to join marching band. And I genuinely, to this day, I think back to the conversations I like had with him and then had with my dad. And I don't know what really did compel me to say, yeah, I'll, I want to try it. I want to do it. That sounds like fun. Because at the time I was doing baseball and I came home and I said, mom, dad, I think I want to try doing marching band. And they're like, you don't, we don't have the money and you don't have the time to do both band and baseball. And I in my little kid brain, little being, you know, a 12 year old, I decided I wanted to do marching band. And I think like thinking back, I think I knew I, I was okay at baseball, but I, I, I just wasn't spectacular at baseball. I wasn't a star hitter or anything. I had my good moments. I was MVP of the uh, lower bracket of my sixth grade uh, tournament. <laughs> but I don't know, I just felt like I had more to bring, I, I was more musically gifted than uh, gifted at baseball, I guess. So I decided, you know what, let's do Marching Man for a summer and see how it goes. And so thus begins my journey. So at the end of the day, as I kind of prefaced before we kind of started talking about it, there was a few seasons of the 728 Cadets before I joined. 2008 was their first year. Their show is called Elastic. It's very much lost to the void. Uh, there's like no recordings of it or anything. 2009, they had a show called Incantation. 2010, they had a show called Eye of the Storm. And then 2011, they had the show Alice. Now, if you recall, I said my friend Corey did Alice, even though he technically wasn't supposed to because they made an exception for him. You're not supposed to be able to start until you're in seventh grade, which is actually pretty unusual too because for most groups, it's your high school. So you have to start in ninth grade because pretty much every other marching band in, in the state or the country is a high school level group. So because we were a district and we just needed more kids, uh, we got around that and we're able to let seventh graders start doing it. 
But anyways, I enter the picture in 2012. Now, before I jump into any further details about where I enter the picture, what I was walking into, it's important to actually explain what I mean by I joined marching band. And I probably should have explained this from the jump. This is probably what I should have started off with when I was explaining what groups I was doing and stuff. So the marching band, if if I told you to sit down and think, what, what does marching band look like? What is a marching band? You probably think of a high school football field, a giant group in funny uniforms going out there and performing some weird songs and uh, like silly little there's there's the color guard dancer girls and there's a drum line and they have all the xylophones and the marimbas and stuff like that the you know the whole song and dance and they perform during the football game halftime shows that's actually not what i did in high school you're not incorrect that is marching band and that's marching band for 98 percent of the country in minnesota and parts of california actually there's another type of marching band, and I've been referring to it as summer marching band, that's that's very unique. So that former version of marching band on the football fields, football game halftime shows and stuff, that takes place in the fall. So that's a fall activity. And there are obviously way more rules about, you have to be a high school marching band, right? Like we couldn't have done a district marching band for the Elk River High School football team or something, right? It doesn't work like that. So that's the reason my high school never actually set up a marching band for the falls. They they never had the numbers for it. Anyways, in Minnesota, we also have the summer marching band. Now, summer marching band is not on a football field. It's actually in parades. And so you might be saying, well, duh, Jacques, there's marching bands in every parade in the summer in the country. I have no clue why you're saying it's any different. And I would agree with you. That obviously makes sense. But let's also do another thought experiment, right? When you think of marching bands in like a parade, what do you think of? You think of the same thing, you know, funny costumes, big marching band, you've got the color guard, you've got the drum line keeping beat. But what music are they playing? More often than not, I would assume you'd you'd guess the this is kind of a the correct answer cuz there is an answer. They're usually playing like Star Spangled Banner or not Star Spangled Banner. The like stars and stripes forever and like america songs and like fun like free bird like just like songs to get the parade going and like woo, like it's the fourth of july baby um and usually they're just marching straight forward down the street and that's cool and that's great and that's normal like everywhere now the thing that's different in minnesota and i already said but i i will acknowledge there's parts of california that do this too but we do competitive street marching band basically it's the same thing as on the high school football fields but it's in a street in a parade and so we'll like stop and set up and then do a full like show with choreography and like body movements and moving lines and stuff like that but it's in the street and we play like classical music when i say classical music i don't mean like 90s rock i mean like adagio for strings and uh, we'll we'll get into some of the music i played uh, some of my favorite hits of course but we did like legit competitive marching shows something you would think of as like uh, more of like art than just pumping up the crowd or playing stars and stripes forever it was very very different than what most people have ever seen and it was something that was really intriguing to me but very very exciting it's cool to like 
do something like that, something very unique and something that actually a lot of people enjoy because they're not used to it. They go they go expecting kind of the fun uh, patriotic marching bands, but we're putting on like an actual show for them. And so for years, that's how it's been. The The Minnesota marching band, the Minnesota parade scene has kind of, I don't want to say like a cult following, but it's it's a very niche, very niche thing. And it's been a thing for, I don't know, 40 years or something like that. It's it's not some new novel thing that they started doing a few years ago when I busted out into the scene. Um, <laughs> it's been going on for a while. But that being said, I mean, 40 years ago, they were still doing this straightforward marching. It wasn't really, I think, until, if I remember, like the early 2000s, maybe like 90s, where they started doing the more artistic type show, more of like a, a drum corps style performance on the street. And so that is essentially what I walked into. Now, because it's in the summer and so like not during the school year and it's a little a little different so you need to get more interest from students and yada 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 it, it's not there's not like a ton it, it's not like statewide there's no like this is a competition of 50 bands which the actual like countrywide bands of america competitions every fall for those marching bands that is competitions of like 50 plus bands who compete but because of this, it's it's very regional and very, it's not necessarily exclusive, but the barrier to entry is pretty high. You can't, not, most most of the schools who do it are the schools that do it, and that's kind of it. Every, every now and again, you get a new school like ours, who had started in only 2008, but a lot of the bands that are in it are more quote-unquote historic, and we busted into the scene in 2008 they were kind of terrible (laughs) 2009 not that great 2010 not amazing and 2011 as i said the show was called alice so these show names are you can think of it almost like theater so there's a, a theme to the show it's a theme that drives the music what the color guard what their dances are and like what costume they're wearing and stuff like that and so in 2011 their show was called alice and it was about alice in wonderland like that was the whole premise of the show now, I, I never watched it myself. Uh, I was not in the group, so I don't really know the music or anything like that, but I know it's like Alice in Wonderland themed. And so in 2011 with the show Alice, for the first time in group history, they actually won class champion at the state competition. Basically, how it works is there's generally three or four classes, depending on what the competition is, and the classes are just based off of school size. So... Because we were comprised of three schools, we were always in the biggest class. And so we were generally in class 4A. Class 4A for a long, long time was dominated by Mankato, Minnesota. It was the Mankato 77 Lancers was their marching band name. Winning class champion was like a huge deal at the state competition. Like I kind of said before, because it's not like sponsored by the state, in terms of like high schools and it's not like high school run there's not like the the competition is hosted by eden prairie high school or something like that it's not like that so this isn't like the official minnesota state champions because it's 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 kind of different it's the summer parade scene the state championships were at the alexandria band festival every year and so the reason why this was the state championships is because it was a band festival so the parade was bands only this was only competition 
75, 80% of the parades we do in the summer and compete in, it's a normal parade. There's just, there's also, we, the bands are there and then there's judges who sit in the area and will judge our performance when we do it for them, basically. But we do our show usually four, three, four, five times a parade, depending on how long the parade is and, you know, how many zones of, hey, this is where all the people are areas. Um, but then in between those, the main performances we're doing, we would also have like drum cadences and we'd have little fanfares that we'd play as well. So we'd be playing throughout the whole parade route, but we'd only do our like specific show like four times. I'm kind of jumping all over the place right now. I was explaining the state championship. So anyways, the state championship, it's bands only parade and there's four designated you play here, you play here, you play here, you play here. So it's it's strictly competition. There's, there's no fanfare. There's no drunk guys screaming for you to play free bird. It's it's strictly for the band competition. And it's picked to go in Alexandria, one, because they started doing it there forever ago. But the great thing is because it's it's like a four-lane highway with no median. And so there's a, it's a giant wide road. You don't have to worry about space for your performance. It's just a long, straight road, perfect conditions for summer marching band. Anyways, so that's, that's where state competitions are every year. And so there's four classes there's class a 2a 3a 4a we are in class 4a and so in 2011 they had won class championships now the bigger award is not just class champion it's grand champion so it's number one marching band in the state so winning grand championships is what is considered state championships and in 2011 the 728 cadets had won class championships but they had not won grand champion park center one grand champion from class 3a so they were technically like a smaller school but they had a higher scored show and unlike a lot of other competition type stuff like smaller school or smaller class does not get graded any differently basically a lot of the times the 4a schools do have an advantage because obviously they're bigger bigger pool more money and stuff like that but that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles okay so it, it would be a little funny if the class 1a champion was winning state every year just because they were judged easier so that's how they do it but anyways that's the scene this is where i enter for the first time we'd beaten mankato and from that point on we became rifles with them because we were the first group to uh like take the throne from them from class 4a in a long time now in 2012 our show was called tribal i just realized i'm already like a half hour into this whole thing and i'm i've hardly begun so this is gonna be a long episode i i don't apologize but (laughs) strap in so in 2012 our show was called tribal and obviously if you think back to 2012 what was the big thing like the mind calendar is gonna end the whole world's gonna end so the whole premise of our show was we are like tribal people and i don't know it's like hard to explain at the end of the day i have some audio clips we're going to listen to some parts of some of my different shows uh throughout the years through all the different groups i did but i don't have i don't have something to play for tribal but you just have to trust me it was a pretty good show but at the end of the day it was unfortunately a step back from alice and throughout the season we had definitely been underachieving based off of kind of where the trajectory of the group had been going you know you win class champion one year the next year your aspirations are winning grand champion 
but unfortunately, we were losing again to Mankato uh, throughout the course of the year. It was, it was a very tough year, but it was kind of more of a rebuilding year because obviously I joined as a seventh grader. We also got a large number of other seventh graders and other, not even necessarily seventh graders, but a lot of other eighth, ninth, tenth graders joining that year as well. Whereas the year before was kind of like a build up of the previous couple years of kids doing it and finally hitting a point where they were good and complete. And so we got a little in over our heads, planned a little higher. We got a bunch of new kids to join, including myself, uh, because of the success that they saw. And uh, we we did kind of take a step back. And so at the time, I, I do want to give a sh- like subtle shout out. I'm not actively shouting them out because I, I kind of do hope they never listen to this. But our, the instructors of the band at the time were Steve and John, uh, both of them super, super awesome guys. But they had been with the group for a couple of years at that point. And Tom was the like creative director of the marching band as a whole. Tom and Steve and John, after everything, they were kind of like the creative minds of everything with the group. And Joe was in charge of the marching band. So those are the four guys to note. Um, and we slugged through the year and we got to the Alexandria Band Festival. And unfortunately, we did get third place. So... We got second place in our class again, so we flipped from Mankato again. So we ended with a score of 86.5. They ended with a score of 89.7. So they beat us by three points, which is very considerable in marching band. Uh, marching band is usually a game of like fractions, like point beating someone by like 0.3 or 0.4. So to beat us by three whole points is pretty bad. And then Park Center kept their title of grand champion with a score of 91.5 so at the end of the day it was very sad very bittersweet for a lot of the then seniors uh who thought we were kind of gonna carry that momentum like i said from winning class champion to maybe grand champion the next year going out on top but uh we did fall a little flat so the great thing about that season was uh, another award that they give out at uh, a lot of these band festivals. There, there was three big band festivals every year. So obviously the one I've talked about is the one that's considered the state championship, which is the Alexandria Band Festival. But the other two were actually on the same day, usually about a week before Alexandria, sometimes two weeks. It depends on the schedule. For the, It changes every year. But it was the Owatonna Harry Wagner Band Festival and the Waconia Band Festival, who I can't remember which one. I think that one's named after a person too. But anyways, so it was a morning competition and an evening competition. And so you could kind of consider these, I guess, like regionals, like the semifinals or whatever, but it, they weren't like qualifiers. Like some, there was a couple random bands who would like march in only one of those two of that day, or they would only march in Alexandria. They wouldn't march in those. So it wasn't like they were connected in, in in any way, but those are the big three for the summer Minnesota marching band. And there was other small parades that we'll discuss sporadically, uh, but those were the big three. And so the two big trophies to win are the state championship, uh, which is, once again, I've said for the 10,000th time at Alexandria, and then the Owaconia Award. I think it is Owaconia, but it might also be Owatonia. It was pronounced different times throughout the year, so I don't really know. I think the official name is the Owaconia Award, though. But that award went to the band who had the highest combined scores from the Owatonna 
and Waconia band festivals. So that award was kind of like the state championship junior award because it was the group who was the most consistent on the first band festival day. So both of those big deals. But obviously they give out like first place, second place, third place based on scores, but they also gave out like small awards too. So they would give out best drumline, best color guard. Sometimes they would give out other awards like best horn line or like best band, I guess. But that, that was a little more infrequent or they would call it best wins, W-I-N-D-S wins. And sometimes they'd give out best drum majors. Sometimes they give out like best marching and movement. But the big one that everyone kind of prided themselves in winning was people's choice. So what they would do is they'd randomly pull people in the audience and be like, hey, which show was just kind of your favorite? Like, don't worry about who was best and who wasn't. Which one was your favorite show? We ended up actually winning people's choice at the state competition at Alexandria in 2012 with our show Tribal. I'm doing a lot of repetitive talking, so I do apologize. I'm just kind of trying to be very clear about this whole story. I'm painting I'm painting the picture as strongly as possible. I'm drilling the the points <laughs> together here. But anyway, so we won people's choice, which a lot of the seniors I remember being like, you know, we didn't win grand champions, but I'm happy. This is the first time we've ever won people's choice. This is the first time people in the audience have active, actively been like, yes, I like loved their show. So if anything, that was a good step in the right direction. For me, that whole season was very fun. It was very, very much a learning experience. <laughs> Obviously, I'd never done Marching Man before, so it was a lot of growing, learning how I, st- I played trombone, which was its own challenges. If you can imagine a giant long instrument in front of you and then marching in between people and stuff like that, it was definitely a learning curve. It was first time ever having to like memorize a show before. Uh, so our shows at the time were about like six minutes long or so, six to seven minutes long, including like the before and after of the show, which is kind of like drum stuff, filler, getting set up and stuff like that. So the whole thing is memorized uh, and it was not, it's not easy music, uh, especially for a middle schooler that definitely propelled my music abilities a lot that that taught me a lot more than sixth grade and seventh grade middle school band ever had and then also just like taught me a lot about you know teamwork and uh, I met a lot of really cool people and it was really fun spending kind of spending a summer with a group and you know striving to win an award and at the end of the day I said I wasn't going to talk about this but like it felt like I was in a sport or, you know, I was in an activity and it, it really felt like, like camaraderie. It felt like a, a real team. I really felt like a part of something bigger. Like that's, that's what I'm trying to say. So it was like definitely the first time I really felt that. Like I, I play baseball and football and stuff, but like, you're just a little kid and every team sucks. So it's just like, whatever. It's like low key, every man for himself. But in this, it was like a group, like no, our marching man was as good as our weakest link. You know what I mean? Like if, the clarinet sucked like we would sound like terrible so there's a lot of lessons learned that's that's all i'm trying to say so uh really good year though and after that i was like yep i'm doing march man like this is what i love to do and i, I just kind of fell in love with it uh i fell in love with the activity and uh i i really like playing music it was cool it was it's really fun moving and playing like actively doing drill 
uh, and actually having like spots and stopping and doing like body movement while I play, like adds an extra level of difficulty to it. And that like, I really like challenging myself in that way and actually being able to play my instrument at a really high level, but also doing stuff, you know, on top of it. So it definitely was physically demanding, especially for, again, a seventh grader. Um, And it it definitely got more physically demanding as the years went, went on and our group continued to progress. So, but anyways, so we decided, or I decided, I'm, let's do it again. I'm going to do it again next year. Unfortunately, if we recall, it was Steve and John as the heads of the the band. And I loved Steve. And John was really good too. John was in charge of the drill. And Steven was in charge of the music. And unfortunately for us, during the off season, Steve had accepted a job to be the head of the St. Michael Albertville marching band. Now, with our group, he was just kind of the head of the horn line. He was not in charge of, like, the whole band. And that was something, you know, imagine, like, a an NFL coordinator going to take a head coaching job somewhere else. Like, that's essentially what this was. Uh, they kind of took him from us. Okay, He was going to do, like, the whole, like, the high school band program and stuff, too. So it was a little different than that. But so he left us. And a lot of, I was very sad. Everyone was really sad. Everyone loved uh, our instructors. And so a lot was left uncertain, like, who is going to be in charge of the band now and so on like opening like rehearsal one it was announced that this guy named mike was going to take over mike ended up being amazing left a lasting impression on me undoubtedly he ended up being i like don't know how to tell this in the most uh (laughs) i'm trying to be like telling it like a like a whole story, like a story arc, but I can't help myself from kind of like giving away the ending to some of this stuff. Mike ended up being in charge of the the horn line for the next two years. Tom was still the head of the whole group. Joe was in charge of uh, the drum line, but Mike took over in charge of the horn line for both music and marching. And he had a lot of experience. I'm not going to like sit here and talk about all of that stuff, but he ended up taking over. And so... Tom's vision for the next show was our show title in 2013 was a simple gift. The music we played, obviously, if you're familiar with like the Sultan's Shaker dance, uh, like simple gift, like I'm not going to sing any more than that, but that's that's like the music we played. But the theme of the show or the like creative aspect the visual aspect of the show was we did a show about the Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz. So we had one of our performers dressed up as the Tin Man. All of the color guard was like, wore this like yellow costume. So they were like the yellow brick road. And so we did a whole show based off of him like being like rusted. And then the color guard like oiled him up and then he became loose. And then he like started moving around and stuff. And then we had these giant hearts and he was like trying to get one of the hearts. And so eventually our show ends with him getting the heart and running off down the yellow brick road with the heart. So that was kind of the creative side of our show. But the music we played was uh, a simple gift. And so actually this show has a very special very special place in my heart. Maybe it's, it's up there between this show and one of the other shows we'll get to as my favorite show. This show was what made me, like, if if I fell in love with Marching Man, like, in the, the show Tribal, like, this is what made me decide, like, 
I, I definitely considered like, do I want to do band like forever? This it was so cool to me, and everything kind of just clicked. They, they, they kind of dialed it back in terms of the complexity and scale of everything. We simplified everything down to exactly what our drumline was good at. The music was exactly written to fit the strengths of our band. Yeah, it was just like a very, very clean show. And we were so, so excited for it. In our first competition, we we did a, like way better than we had done with, with Tribal. And I think people started to realize like, hey, this, like, this could be another good season like Alice. And Alice, Alice, Alice was always in like everyone's year talking about like, we got to get back there. We got to get back to winning our class and stuff. And it, it was a really interesting experience for me not being a part of that show, but a lot of the older members of the band had been. And so just learning lessons from them and trying to get back to, like, I wanted to, you know, be a state champion too. I wanted to win, win our class and I wanted to reach that peak. And so our first big band competition of the year was in, let's see. I'm trying to, I wrote all this down, but I'm trying to interpret this. So I figured it out. So I, I like remember it, but I'm trying to remember which of these scores was for which event. So it came down to, we were competing, uh, near the end of the season. Uh, it's like a six, seven, eight week series. It, it's like our, our marching, uh, performance like from the first parade to like the last parade we did it was like about two months and so there was like a three-week stretch every year where we were doing parades like every other day it's like at the end of june was like the big these are the most important parades so the oaconia and alexander were both usually right at the end of june and so the competitions leading up to that were kind of like prelims you know like get a little taste for it. They didn't matter as much, but obviously you, you want to win every parade. The day before uh, Alexandria, or I can backtrack. This is like minor notes because it didn't really matter. So the Oaconia Award, we won. We beat Mankato at both Owatonna and Waconia. That was like a humongous deal for us. We had never won the Owatonia Award before. I'm like making less of a deal about it right now, but uh, it's because I didn't write the scores down. So I'm trying to like <laughs> recall this off the top of my head. But I remember like, like I said, we were kind of doing well in performances and then we went and did the Owatonia or we did Owatonna and Waconia, you know, and that was the first or maybe second time we had marched against Mankato that year, who, if you recall, were kind of starting to be our a little bit of rivals because we beat them and then they beat us and we beat them at the o Owaconia or I, I, I'm just going to refer to it as that if, if that wasn't clear. So when I say we won the Owaconia or the Owatonia, they're interchangeable. It means we won the two parades, right? So that was a big deal. Uh, but then the next week, two days before Alexandria, we had a parade in St. Cloud and we competed against Mankato in that one and they beat us 87.6 to 86.8 all that to say i did a terrible job of explaining all this we started to stress because it's one thing to, to win the otonia and that was a big deal for us but we wanted to win state we wanted to win alexandria and if they had kind of caught up to us and taken the lead from us we were like oh shoot like we can't get comfortable we can't be like oh we're better than them because clearly it wasn't that transparent 
And so we had another competition the next day, the day before Alexandria. It was actually another band festival, but this one stopped happening. So it, this one was like not as big as the other three, but it was at Osseo. It was the Osseo band festival. It was the day before Alexandria. We compete, we get on the bus because we have to bus down to Alexandria because Alexandria was far away. So we spent the night in like a gym for this, for Alexandria. If I remember, I can't even, this is so long ago, but uh, we did that for a couple different performances if, when, when we needed to. But anyways, we get on the bus and we're driving and we get the scores coming to our, to Tom and he gets on the mic of the bus and he's like, hey guys, we got the scores from Osseo and we just had to let you know that you tied with Mankato. <laughs> that was like, oh my gosh, we were so stressed because we'd beaten them the last week, then they beat us, and then the day before the state competition, we were tied. And with all my heart, I, I mean, I and everyone else in that bus wanted to beat them so bad. Like we wanted to win so, so bad. And that year, Park Center had kind of been having a down year. Who was the one who had won Grand Champion the last two years? And so we were like, this is our year. If, if we beat Mankato, not only are we going to win our class, like we could win Grand Champions. I mean, this was so long ago, I don't remember it, but I like the reason why this show is so memorable to me is just how simple and like beautiful the music was and how great of a show it was. And I remember in Alexandria doing our, our judged performance and I remember finishing it and just being like, no doubt, unless L Mankato came out and, you know, went crazy, I had no doubt in my mind we were winning state. We we had the best performance of our entire year that day. And so we go to the award ceremony. Uh, and they don't announce us for second place. They announce us for first. So we won. They don't tell us your score. So we knew we won, but we didn't know if we won grand champion. And then for the first time ever, we did win grand champion that year with a score of 90.9. Uh, we beat Mankato who had a 90.2. So we beat them by 0.7. So again, if we go back to last year when I had said they beat us by like three and a half points, like you can see that that's usually more about how close things were is by 0.7. And then park center uh, finished with a score of 86.6. And so they kind of fallen off that year, believe it or not. Uh, that was the last time in my entire career that Park Center was competitive. They did March Man for one more year, and they had another even worse year, and then they like essentially collapsed, and they switched back to just doing Fall March Man after that. So I never actually had to worry about Park Center again. Thus became the high-stakes competition between us and the Mankato 77 Lancers. We became bitter, bitter rivals. Uh, like we would give each other, like, I mean, I was a friendly guy, but they would give us death stares getting undressed at like the buses after competitions and stuff. They were so mad because they were like the cream of the crop for class 4A uh, before us. But now we won grand champions. We were grand champions. We were the first new grand champion uh, in state in like a long, long time. So it was a big deal. And uh, it was a great show. And actually I have a little bit of the show I want to play for you guys. I want you to keep in mind, this is recorded like outside in a parade setting. So the audio quality isn't fantastic. It sounds like, it essentially sounds like a bunch of high school band kids playing outside because that's what it was. So I was to keep that in mind. We're not like a professional band. We're just high school kids. So it sounds a little, it sounds what it is, you know? So, but I wanted to play for you guys the closer from that show. So 
most shows, it kind of varies from time to time, but most shows had three movements. And the typical order would be an opener, like an exciting opener to the show, a ballad, so like a slow, melodic, uh, reflective type piece, and then the closer, which was like the finishing huzzah to your show, you know, like the the hero wins in the end. So I'm going to play the closer from that show just to kind of get you an idea of what our music was, uh, I don't know, what it sounds like to <laughs> what we sounded like when we won. I think this was recorded er like semi-early on the season, so I think we even did sound a little bit better by the end, but uh, but yeah, so let's go ahead and play it right now. This is, obviously it's better to watch it. Uh, I have clips from all of my years of March Man, so if after this entire podcast listen, you're really intrigued to watch some of this stuff, I can show you that too. It's honestly <laughs> kind of corny, but I, I do have videos of all this stuff, so I can show people, but let's just listen. Let's uh, kind of understand what uh, this whole shindig kind of sounded like. Let's let's bring ourselves into that atmosphere. So let's uh, go ahead and roll the tape. That's kind of the idea, I guess. So that's about a third, a little less than, probably. it's probably more like a quarter of the show. The closer is usually kind of the shortest movement. Uh, yeah, the whole show is probably like six minutes or so. I'm not going to play the whole thing. We're, there's one other show we'll play that I will play the whole thing uh, because that one probably is my favorite show. But I just kind of wanted to give an idea of what the closer sounds. And you could hear probably, maybe if, if you weren't really picking up on it like you can go back and listen and you can hear the the simple gift tune throughout the course of it so that's you know that was the theme of the show that was the music we played so all in all really really good year uh and that that year was kind of hard it was the last year with some of the the seniors that year i was pretty close to uh i had marched with them for like two years at that point so it, it was tough to say goodbye to them but it was time to move on to our next season so this is the point where I started actually doing the winter drumline stuff and the winter hornline stuff. Like I said, we're not going to talk about that quite yet. And honestly, the fact that we're already at over an hour, <laughs> I might just do the summer marching band stuff. And then we'll talk about the rest of the band stuff in a second episode because I don't really want to film a three-hour or It's less about... I would sit in here to talk for like four hours about all this stuff, but the odds of someone wanting to sit down and listen to this whole show... I think people are going to get, uh, I don't know about bored, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, let's split this up into two episodes. I'm deciding now. So let me continue finishing through 
my summer seasons. And that, that honestly might, might even take us to two hours. We'll, we'll see what goes down. So, but just know this is when I started to do some of the other groups as well. So that kind of played a factor. Not really, I guess though, but anyways, so we officially won state champions. We were officially top of the state. That was a big deal. We kind of had started gaining momentum in the community. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of a silly way to say that, but I mean, we were more, more, a lot more people knew about us, like in my hometown and we fundraised some more money and uh, it was kind of becoming a bigger spectacle. So we ran it back the next year. A lot of the same people joined symbol gift actually was like a big reason for our success is a lot of people had joined in the tribal year, but because of, even though we had a down year, uh, the show is still really cool and really trending towards how our show started trending, which I'll kind of start to explain. Um, but it got a lot more people to join as well. So we had a giant group of students my age in Simple Gift. So my eighth grade year, a bunch more eighth graders joined. And th- they, we, you know, became kind of the core, uh, one of a couple core groups in the marching band and so it was kind of that extra even boost to help the top members of the band uh, push us up into that you know the upper end of state so the following year like I said we ran it back it was Tom and Mike again Tom still the head of the band and Mike in charge of the horn line now that we'd won state we'd, we'd done the unthinkable right uh, it was like the quickest turnaround from going from like new group to winning state like ever and tom and mike both are from backgrounds of this professional marching band landscape this drum corps like i kind of already been describing the the street marching band scene in minnesota is very like artistic very much not just like fun songs let's play like some bands still did that but it's very much more of like a performance very much more of like a blend of theater and band than it was just straight up head down play you know a fun rock song and you know make the crowds happy nothing wrong with that but that that's not what it ours was and so the next year tom decided to really really lean into the like production side of it the the like theater side of it so we did a show called spectacular and the whole concept of it was our marching band was a traveling sideshow. So we had like a member of the color guard, you could technically consider him, but he was like the ringleader of our circus sideshow. And so it was just, it was a marching band performance, but this is one you definitely kind of have to see. I I don't want to play it because it really takes away from what it was. We had a giant cart and like tent curtain things that we like twirled around it looked like a big like big top tent thing out on the street and it was this whole big show and our whole like from start to finish the show was like nine minutes it was a really long uh like performance and it was a really really big deal uh and it kind of got a lot of traction uh amongst the marching community minnesota even outside the parade bands because no one people had been doing you know this activity in this space for a while but no one had really stretched it to its limits like we did with our show spectacular it's a very long intricate show but hey that's what tom's vision was and mike mike was like i said he comes from the same kind of background the the drum corps uh, lineage and those show drum corps shows are like 11 12 minutes and obviously those are like adults so it's a little different like we're 
you know, seventh, eighth, ninth graders learning like a seven minute show, memorizing all this music, doing memorizing the whole drill and everything. But they pushed us for it, and we actually it, it was another successful season for us. So that year, we let me see, let me pull up my scores. So at uh, the the big T for us this year, we didn't have, or if you recall last year, we tied the day before the state championships. The T this year was that at the Owatonia Waconia shows. The morning, Owatonna, we actually lost to Mankato. We lost 81.7 to 81.3. So we lost by 0.4. And Mankato won best wins, which was very, very hard. And this is where I'll kind of get into the best wins category. So usually I like random parades. They'll award best drumline, best color guard, and stuff like that. But the best like horn line awards only ever happened at the band festivals because that's really only when there was a judge specifically dedicated to listening to the music and judging the horn line. The issue is Owatonna and Alexandria, those two band festivals, we notoriously never, ever won best wins. Even though, in my humble opinion, I'd been able to listen to Mankato shows throughout the years at various times, Sometimes they, there were some years where they were definitely better than us, but this year for our spectacular show, we were definitely better than them. They definitely had a down year, but the problem is the judge of the wins, the judge for that category was, his name was Mike. I'm not going to say his last name. It's a different Mike though. He was the original head of the horn line for the marching band way back in the first like two years, but he got fired. And so it was like the worst kept secret because like he never outright said this, but it was like the only obvious way why he consistently scored us lower than we should be is because he had like a vendetta against us. And so we never, ever won wins. And so we ended up losing at Owatonna by 0.4. And it was really because we scored lower than them enough in wins in the like the music section. And it was really, really tough because frustratingly, we, I mean, we wanted to win the Owatonia Award again, or Owatonia. I, I have to like look up which of the two it is. I keep saying both, but we are down by 0.4. So how it works, as I've explained, it's the highest combined score. So we went into that night thinking we need to beat them by 0.4, which is a really hard swing because even 0.4, that's like the judge is saying they're better than you. So not only do we have to put on a better show, we have to you know, exceed them by that much. And they're probably only going to get better as well. But in the biggest twist of the night, which was the, the craziest thing is they don't announce like what your score is when they're like, and in second place, they just say who it is. They don't say what your score is. So after the Waconia parade, it got announced that Mankato got second and we got first. And so like, we like looked at each other and we're like, okay, who's going to win <laughs> the Owatonia award because they won in the morning and we went at night. So who gets the combined score? Their point total was 84.2 and we had 84.8, meaning we beat them by 0.6. We needed to beat them by 0.4. So we ended up winning the Owatonia for the second year in a row, which was a huge, huge deal, which we'll get into in a second. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of ins and outs to all this stuff. But anyways, we get to Alexandria, and the T with Alexandria this year, this is one of two times this will happen. This will come into play later, a uh, little spoiler, but the order at which the bands march in the parade, you would think, right, 
we would go by class, like all the class A bands go, then the class 2A bands go, and the class 3A, no, that's not how it goes. They literally do a random drawing every year for order. In my opinion, it should go by class and based off of previous year scores. I think you earn the right to go, like, perform last if you're won the previous year. But no, they do random drawing, and so they randomly draw drew us to go first. We were the first band in the whole parade. Meanwhile, Mankato was second to last to go. Now, you might be saying, well, Jacques, what, what does it even matter? They're just going to judge you, right? The problem is now, instead of, like, realistically, we're competing with them. We are the top two groups in the state. But now, instead of us going back to back or, like, really close to each other, so it's easier for them to, like, judge us and then mean, like, oh, they did good, but, like, I can't give them a higher score than the cadets, right? Now, because we go, like, two hours before they do, and it's, like, us, a bunch of crap groups, and no offense, but, like, us, a bunch of groups that aren't as good, and then them, one, those other groups that aren't as good as us are going to make them look better, but then they can't even, like, reflect on, like, who did better and judge accordingly. So we were really, really frustrated that that was the draw we got for a really pivotal you know, rematch in the state championships. So we were kind of stressed. We gave our best show. It was, I, I think if I remember it, I didn't have the same feeling after uh, the Alexandria Judge show my that year, my freshman year, uh, as much as I did the year pre previous with A Simple Gift. But I still remember it being good. And so we sit down for awards. And new a newcomer this year, if you recall, I said that Park Center had fallen off. It was actually Waconia who won class 3a this year they obviously have been around for a long time they their city hosts the waconia band festival but they've kind of come up this year and they've actually won class 3a with a score of 87.6 and so it was time to announce class 4a we were very stressed and of course they like know they know how dramatic it is and stuff so they get to like second place and they're like and in second place and they just pause and everyone's like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh and they're like, Mankato 77 Lancers. And we're like, oh my gosh, that means we won. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, we're the, you know, whatever. So, uh, and then we, you know, we won again. And we won Grand Champion again. So, it was a really, really big deal. And so, the crazy thing is, once again, we find out the scores after. Uh, which, it, it'd kind of be nice to know in moment. Uh, but, but they do that so, like, no one knows who wins Grand Champion. It's like a whole announce and stuff. But, Mankato finished with a score of 89.8. And we finished with a score of 89.9. <laughs> so we literally beat them by 0.1 to win state. So very big deal. And obviously our scores the year previous were like 90.9. So technically we took a step back this year. But I mean, it's all kind of judging is so ambiguous. It's like just based on the opinions of the judge. So it is what it is. It does kind of matter though. Obviously not our strongest year in a technical sense, but not the worst, not the worst. So yeah, that was that was that season. Very good show. I, I don't have any clips for that show for us. But that brings us to 2015, which was the show Rise. At this point in time, Mike and Tom were the still the heads of the band, and Joe was head of the drumline. But Tom thought about things. Him and his wife just had a, a baby, and he'd kind of done everything he sought out to do with the group you can you can respect that i guess at the end of the day because he proved he can come in and lead our group to a championship proved it wasn't a one-hit wonder and then his life kind of took off outside of i mean you know he's just a teacher with the 
the band. And so he decided to step down as head of the band, which was very, very sad for everyone. Everyone loved Tom. I liked him a lot too. I wasn't super close with him. He was a lot closer with the drumline because that was kind of his origin. And he was in charge of like the like the creative side of the show, like the creative director of our shows. It was kind of like, what are we going to do for 2015 for this, like the most important year ever of our group. And the reason it was so important is something I've, this is, yeah, I've left some surprises. The trophy for the state championship for the Alexandria parade is a traveling trophy. It's just like the Stanley cup. There's only one trophy and it's the same for the Owatonia Trophy. So the winner of that trophy, who wins the morning and night festivals, get a different trophy than like the winner of each of them individually. And so the Owatonia Trophy and the Alexandria Band Festival Trophy, if you win it, the next year you bring it, and the next winner gets to keep it. The exception is, if you win three years in a row, they retire the trophy in your honor, and they make a new trophy. So it was a like massive deal. We had won two years in a row, and this was super, super rare. Only three groups had ever retired the grand champion flag. It, it was technically a flag at Alexandria. It wasn't a trophy. It was a trophy at Oat- the Oatonia, but only three groups ever had retired uh, the trophy before us. Litchfield did in 1989. Irondale did it in 1993 and 1996. They actually won six in a row, which is pretty crazy. And then Waconia did it in 2006. So I kind of said Waconia came up out of nowhere. I mean, they'd been prominent historically. But uh, in 2014, they kind of came back into the fray. But anyways, so in the, you know, some 40, 50 years of these competitions, only three groups ever had won three years in a row and retired the trophy. So suddenly the pressure was on because, I mean, we wanted to retire the trophy. We wanted to be the three-peat. And suddenly, I mean, this was the the big kind of talking point from Mike the entire season before we even like competed, like during our practices and everything like that. It was the target is on your back. Like I actually felt that. Like it went from being like, everyone's like, oh, the 720 cadets are like the newcomers. Like, oh, it's so fun to like have a new band to like everyone wants to beat you. They do not want you to, they want to be the group that knocks you off. You know what I mean? It's, it's like that in any stage of competition with, you know, something that important on the line. I'll skip the fanfare. Really what I haven't done in this podcast at all is kind of describe the preparation, uh, like the band camp that, that was a thing. Uh, the hours and hours of practice we put in, like we didn't memorize our show overnight. We learned it over the course of, we would do like winter rehearsals. That's when we started. Uh, like the end of winter is when we kind of started kicking things off, like in around February time frame. And then in around March, it starts picking up to like every, like twice a week rehearsals. And then at the beginning of May is when we start to kick into high gear of rehearsals on the weekends. I think we would do that in like March too. But a lot of my like Saturdays and Sundays would be band rehearsal, like all day and just learning the music, perfect, you know, perfecting the music, learning the drill getting good at that, putting the music with the drill. And it, it was just a lot. And I didn't, you know, that's not too exciting. There's there maybe some stories I could tell from band practice and stuff, but uh, really that's kind of the nitty gritty stuff that we don't really need to 
I guess, go into as much here. I can talk, once again, I can talk for hours and hours about all the little stuff with that. Uh, definitely worth talking about, but uh, I, I'm going to go into a rabbit hole about like the water bottles we would get and like the different, not rituals, the different, uh, the, uh, you know, just like the different things each section would do and stuff at, you know, at any point of band or group or like the, I guess rituals is one way to put it, but it wasn't like rituals. I'm going to just shut up. So <laughs> yeah, it was a, a lot of work, a lot of hard work I put into this. And actually, Something I completely escaped my mind is at this point in band, I was actually not on trombone anymore. Now, I had switched to playing baritone. Now, if you don't know, uh, the marching baritone or the baritone is essentially just a valved trombone. So it was essentially like I was switching to trumpet, but it still played lower and darker sounds like a trombone does. There's just no slide with it anymore. And the reason I made that switch is after doing marching band for two years, I decided I think I want to continue to get better and continue to grow and eventually do the professional group, the professional marching band. It was something really cool to me. Uh, obviously, very, very challenging. Those are like audition groups. You don't just join with your high school and stuff. So unfortunately, in those groups, there's no trombones. Uh, because it, it doesn't really work practically. The slide is so long. I kind of mentioned this earlier in the episode, but it's a lot, like much more challenging to be doing maneuvers and like playing music really fast and stuff like that with the slide. So I switched to using baritone so I could start to almost like train to do the professional type marching band stuff. I stuck with trombone in like high school band. I didn't switch to sit down baritone, but I chose to do marching baritone for my marching career, I guess you could say. So I started doing that in Spectacular. So our second year of winning. And so I mentioned this once, our show for the third year was called Rise. The premise of the show was the a phoenix. It was about the opener was we played DSE Ray, which is very, very common. I'm not going to sing that one, but you could look that up. It's D-I-E-S-I-R-A-E. It's like using a bunch of commercials and movies and stuff but it's like exciting like the firebird you know going crazy and then our ballad was the phoenix dying and turning to ash burning up so we played adagio for strings or an arrangement of that uh, very beautiful one of my favorite pieces i've ever played at any level of music and then we played festive overture for the closer and it was the phoenix rising from the ashes and flying once again so I can get into the minute details about we had a uniform change this year and there was like drama with it because like we had vests and then the vests never came in time. So our uniform is really just like a compression shirt with this like fire art on it. It was like really weird looking. <laughs> if you're curious, I could show you some time. Obviously, I don't have that ability, but we came through with this new show. And so what we wanted to do again was kind of start to push the boundaries, you know, more of what we could do with the show in the street. But we had two issues arise <laughs> for us this season. After our previous season with Spectacular, where we had a really long show, very intricate, lots of props and moving parts and stuff like that, the Minnesota board of like marching bands came together because <laughs> enough other groups complained that we were kind of doing too much. And so a bunch of groups complained that were like, their show was like twice as long as ours, and we feel like that's not fair. And so instead of other groups adapting to kind of where we were pushing the boundaries of these shows, they decided to impose a rule where the maximum time a show could be 
was I think it was four minutes and 30 seconds, but it might have been five minutes. It was it was in between there. But your timer started when your the first member of your show crossed this line that they would draw. And then you had 100 yards. So like a football field, uh, you had 100 yards to do the show, and the timer stopped when the last person in your band crossed that line going the other way. So basically... Once someone crossed the line, your show started, and you had to be across the other line within four minutes and 30 seconds. So they kind of screwed us, uh, which was unfortunate. So that kind of put a limit back. It kind of capped back into what we could do with the show. And it was a a frustrating constraint uh, in terms of, you know, where we were kind of taking our shows and what the where we were pushing ourselves to, you know, to go musically, like the amount of music we were playing and what we could do with that. Like, in reflection, it was kind of a fun constraint, and honestly, it was for the better. It, it made for a more fair, I think, across-the-board competition where we couldn't kind of just do whatever we wanted in every other school. Um, like I said, we, we kind of had started getting, you know, more money and more people were joining and stuff, so we were becoming a bigger thing, and I think a time limit is, is kind of fair, especially when across-the-board for, like, competitive drumline football marching band or not football you know like fall marching band and the pros they all have time limit time constraints too so it's like yeah it kind of makes sense we have one too so that was one big thing and the other thing uh that we had that summer is we actually for the first time we're doing a trip and so we ended up doing the fourth of july parade in st louis that summer which was really really big deal they they have like i don't know if it's the biggest fourth of july parade in the country but it's like televised it's not you know the macy's day parade or anything like that but it's a big deal so their rule though is all the like there's a band from like each state who goes and performs in it. The funny thing is, as I've you know made the point multiple times, no one else in the country does what we do. Their shows are all marching straight forward to like a patriotic tune or something like that, especially on the fourth of July. And so the rule with that parade is you cannot go backwards. You can't stop and play. You have to be continuously moving. That was obviously a problem because we didn't do that. We would stop and play like our ballad and stuff like that. And so we had the heads of the parade, actually, this is kind of getting ahead of ourselves because this, this happened in the 4th of July after the state championships, but we went down to St. Louis and did a practice and we invited the heads of the parade and we're like, hey, we technically violate the rules of not continually moving forward, but can you watch our show and tell us like what you think? Like, do, are you going to tell us not to? And they came and watched it and they were like so impressed. They were like, we've never had a band come and do something like this before. <laughs> And so they're like, yeah, as long as you like kind of cheese it and just have someone in your group like continually walking while you guys are standing still doing your playing, we'll allow it. So we did get around that. And we, they like did judging at that parade. And I don't think we won, but it is what it is. We lost to some like 400 people, three, you know, 250 people marching band just playing Stars and Stripes and whatever. They sounded better than us, and that's fine. So our group, you know, we were the 728 cadets. We did not have 728 kids in it. I think our group hovered around about 90 kids every year between the, like, band, the drumline, and the color guard. So I don't know if that helps paint a picture at all without seeing one. But you can easily Google, by the way, you can Google 728 cadets. Uh, Any of the shows from 2012 to what, 2017, I was in. So you can look them up. Most of them are on Vimeo because some a parent of one of the students would like film us and put together like a video and stuff. So that's actually the, the audio we listened to previously and the one we'll, we'll listen to again in the show or from, from that. So, but anyways, so let's get to the actual competition. So obviously the pressure is unbelievable this year. I mean, you could feel it. The whole season, everyone wanted to win. 
going into Owatonna, uh, it was, you know, it was time. And we honestly did not have our best show. I, I remember in the morning we had kind of a disappointing show. We were not fully, I think, prepared for the show, but that's fine. We go, and uh, before they announce the awards, like the first, second, third place stuff, they announce the winners of all those, like the caption awards, which I've I've explained. So we were like kind of feeling like, uh, that wasn't our best show, like whatever, but like maybe, who knows, maybe Mankato screwed up too. I think it was like a rainy day that day. And they announced we won best color guard, we won best drum line, we won best wins, which we never did for... <laughs> Owatonna, like I mentioned before, we won best drum major, uh, but best marching and maneuvering went to Mankato. And so we're like, oh, wow, like we swept them in everything but one. So like, obviously, like we're totally chilling. And in third place, the 720 cadets, and we're like, what? We literally got third place at Owatonna. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're screwed. There's no way we win the Owatonia now. Because... Uh, it, the biggest deal was retiring the Viking land band, the Alexandria flag or trophy, but we wanted to retire the Otonia one too. Second place was Waconia. They, there was only a double A AA and triple A at Oatana, So that's why Waconia competed with us in three A. They, they were in three and were in four A at Alexandria. So it's a little different at each parade, but Waconia got second and Mankato got first. And so we scored 83.1. Waconia had 83.2 and Mankato had 84.1. And we found that out on like the bus ride to Waconia. And we're like, oh my gosh, we're doomed. They're beating us by a point, like a whole point. Uh, so we had to beat them by over a point at Waconia. I, I don't know. It's, it, it definitely lit a match in us. I, I've never been at a more tense practice. I probably have, but... Uh, like our practice before the Waconia show or like warming up and stuff like that. I mean, it was depressing, but also like determined. We, we can't have a bad show again. You know, it's not in our hands anymore. We're already down by a point, but we're going to have to try our best. And so at the Waconia show, we go through, I remember it. And I remember it being a really good run through of our show. Anyways, that night we ended up getting first place. Mankato got second. And so, much like the year before, we had no clue who was going to win the Owatonia because Mankato won in the morning and we had won at night. We just kind of all held our breath and crossed our fingers. And so they go, and the winner of the Owatonia, and retiring the trophy. And we're like, oh my gosh, winner. And so we, we won the Owatonia again. We retired the trophy. And we're like, oh my gosh. It was like a giant release. Like, how did we come back? And so we actually ended up scoring 84.0 to Mankato's 82.3. So we beat them by 1.7, a uh, very big deal, and uh, we retired the Owatonia. So, I mean, I everyone was speechless. It was crazy. It was the highest of highs. But we knew the job was not finished because we were not going to be satisfied unless we finished the job and retired Alexandria and won there too. So it, we had a very strong week of practices. I think we had one other parade. It was like a business trip. Like I felt like Kobe Bryant, you know what I mean? Like I was so, we were so locked in. Like we were winning this thing, like no question. And I remember having a, a pretty strong run. Our, our show was like very 
fine-tuned. We, we practiced that so much. And there isn't really much tea with this one. Uh, we went through and we won Alexandria. So we retired the flag. Very big deal. We won 92.1 to 90.9. So we won by 1.2, which is pretty substantial. And on top of that, if, if you haven't been following along, 92.1 is actually the highest score I've read at all. It's the highest score in the past four years. I don't know what the scores were in the years before that because obviously I was not uh, in the group. But uh, it was it was a big deal. It's a big, big year for us, and we were very successful. We retired the trophies. Only the fourth fourth group ever to do that in the history, 40, 50-year history of uh, the parade. So the sun set, and we were happy. And uh, my, my career was a success. So at that point, we were three-time state champions. And you're wondering, Jacques, how do you get to 10? Okay. You've only got two years left. How do you get to 10? And I'll tell you how I got to 10. Uh, it's, once again, I've just spoiled it. It's the other groups I did. Okay, so settle down. All right. I didn't win all of them in summer marching band. I won some uh, I won some drumline state championships, okay? You can chill. We'll, we'll get to those. But yeah, the next year uh, was 2016 in our show. Uh, Mike came back. Joe came back. It was the same, the same crew. And we, we were on top of the world. Uh, there was no no pressure this next year. It was just pursuing excellence. That's like all I felt about the year. It was, it was just putting out the best show we can do and just pushing ourselves to be like we had nothing left to prove to judges or championships or anything like that. It was like we just want to do our show, do it our way, and do it to the best we can. And we honestly, like throughout the year, like you want to win, but the the pressure being off was was awesome. It was just having fun. And this year is actually the year I, I did a summer of the professional marching band with the group Minnesota Brass, which at the time was the only professional group in Minnesota. Actually, I think the second group that's now in Minnesota, their first year, I think, was that same year, if I remember. I, Anyways, that story is definitely for another day. <laughs> um, just to keep in mind. So I was doing this marching band. I was doing the professional stuff. Um, I keep saying, I I keep using the word professional. It's like professional in quotation marks, right? Because it's not the NFL. I wasn't getting paid to do it. But it's like the the major leagues, I guess. That's probably a better way to put it. It's the major league marching band. Anyways, our show that year was called Dare to Dream. I'll kind of, I'll I'll talk about the show a little bit. I was going to, we're going to listen to this show uh, here on the podcast. I'll kind of spoil how it kind of went. So, uh, we had a really successful year. We won the Owatonia Award again. We won, we absolutely like clapped. We won 82.4 to Mankato's like 77.1. They were like not good <laughs> the year. We we won three years in a row and we we're like, okay, bye-bye. Like call us daddy, you know? <laughs> and so we were like, yep, we're beasts, we're beasts. It doesn't even matter. And we get to state. And if, let's hearken back now. I told you, if you remember our second year, this spectacular season. We had to perform first, and Mankato performed like second to last. The same thing happened for us this year, and we were frustrated about it, but, you know, once again, the pressure wasn't really on, but we performed second, and Waconia performed last. And the final score at Alexandria was we were 89.1, and they were 89.2. So they ended up winning grand champion. We, I mean, we won our class, so we were still... champions of our class in state so technically i was still state champion but we were not grand champions we lost to waconia by 0.1 but i'm so so convinced and it's the same everyone feels this and and the reason we didn't 
you know, really beef about it and I, I don't sit and wallow about it is because we didn't have anything on the line. We'd already retired the trophy and stuff. But if we had competed, if we had performed right before them or right after them, or even within like a band or two, uh, we felt like we would have beat them. We felt like we had a better production. We had a better show. They just got the benefit of going last, um, which is tough. But uh, so it goes. The last bit of tea from the season is, so the Roseville Parade is another pretty big parade, but this one isn't a band festival. But it's another big parade that like most of the competitive bands do every summer. And it's usually the Monday after Alexandria. Alexandria, I, gosh, it's been so long. I think Alexandria was on a Saturday, but it might've been Sunday and then Monday was Roseville. But Roseville is always on a Monday. And Litchfield is a band uh, who, if you recall, are one of the bands who have retired the trophy but Litchfield essentially kind of stopped competing in the big band festivals because I don't really know they thought they were too good or um they they leaned more into the fall marching band but they would still do the summer marching band they just wouldn't lean into being competitive and stuff but anyways their band director like Loki had past beef with Mike our head of the band now and Mike had heard him saying like oh my group's better than yours it doesn't you retired three you know, trophies in a row and you, you won class four a this year, but like, we're still better than you. And I don't think he ever said that to like Mike's face. And I don't think Mike ever responded, but we, all of us are like, literally Litchfield is not better than us. Like (laughs) this is straight cap. Well, anyways, at Roseville, that was the only, the only parade we competed with Roseville or with Litchfield that year was at Roseville. And they beat us by like literally some miracle. I swear if, if you, my right hand on the Bible, if you were there, they were not as good as us. The The Roseville Parade is so annoying because the streets are so narrow. And our shows are so conducive to, like, a wide street. We, like, do a whole thing. Once again, maybe I already said this, but, like, I've, I've got to show you. If, if you're really invested, if you're this far into the podcast episode, next time we're hanging out and there's downtown, I'm not going to bring it up. You could be like, you know, let's <laughs> show me an actual show, right? We're going to listen to one now. But you, you really kind of have to see it to understand, like, everything and I'll, I'll kind of try to do my best to explain some stuff when we listen to this to this show but yeah Litchfield beat, beat us and uh that was really frustrating so we kind of went out it, a little bit of a sour taste in our mouth that year but again there was no pressure we were just having fun so it was a really really good season honestly my favorite show we ever performed it's sad that that was the year we didn't uh you know win grand champions but uh still a good year nonetheless and actually one of the main reasons it was my favorite show is I actually did have a solo this season. So that's kind of primary. <laughs> a lot of the reason I want to play it for us. So everyone can hear my solo, but also just something I I experienced was having that kind of moment in the show. So I do kind of want to share it with you guys. So like I said, our show was called dare to dream. So it's kind of all about dreaming uh, a little girl having a dream and like being in this dream world all these shows, once again, I, I've kind of tried my best to explain like the premise of these shows, but they're all very artsy, ambiguous, right? It's not like a storybook start to end finish. It's like the theme and the the mood and the music is expressing these thoughts, right? So a big part of the show for me also was I four of the five of me and my siblings were in the show. So I was in the band. Two of my sisters were in the color guard. And my third sister, Genevieve, actually played the little girl uh, that is, like, in this dream world, right? She was a little girl dressed in white carrying a teddy bear who, like, moved through the show as, like, the little actress 
doing the show. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of take breaks while we listen to this, but I just kind of wanted to give you that context. So the first movement, which I'll, I'll play here now, our, our show starts off with Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka. You'll kind of get into it. I'm going to pause in between the first and second movements uh, to just kind of talk about what happened. But anyways, without further ado, let's get into the music. Okay, so that was the first movement. I guess I don't really have much to say about it. Basically, you know, introducing kind of the theme and pure imagination. Like we're in, going into the dream, we're falling asleep, we're happy. Uh, you know, it's a good time. And so we had a big, pr- our big prop for the show was a, a bed we pushed down the street. Like it was on wheels, obviously. And then we had like windows. And so we kind of like performed around those props. And so my sister, who was like the little girl, would be in the bed and like express like falling asleep and stuff like that. So that's kind of how, you know, you can picture the the setting here. So that was the opener kind of like light, fluffy, I don't know necessarily like falling asleep, but like we're in this dream state. And so the second movement, instead of being like a ballad, which is kind of how I explained it usually goes is opener ballad closer for our second movement. We did more of a uh, shocker, zinger, it's the nightmare. So I'll go ahead and start playing uh, that movement here now for you.
All right, so yeah, it's uh, more of a very staccato type, uh, you know, bump, 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 bump. Uh, you know, and my sister did the like, oh, I'm in a nightmare type, you know, whatever. So, um, and the color guard had these like giant Z, uh, like metal Zs that they like moved around and stuff. So it was like, you know, like Zs, like sleep. Do you get it? <laughs> um, so dare to dream, right? <laughs> um, and so the final movement here, uh, is I actually don't know what piece of music we just played, uh, was, <laughs> but, um, the final piece of music we play is actually a rendition of dream on by aerosmith so this is actually where my solo is so there's a little like saxophone moment to start here and then i come in with uh like the first verse of the the saxophones do like the little guitar thing at the beginning and then the first verse is me on a solo so the one unfortunate thing about or what i would say is unfortunate about this recording in general beyond my solo is the way they recorded it was uh, we did kind of like a special recording for um, this video that we did for the show, but they put the microphones right in front of the woodwinds when we did this recording. And so the woodwind sound is really, really heavy. And you can probably tell that if you go back and listen, or you, you may might've noticed that you can really hear like the clarinets and the saxophones. It's because the microphone is right <laughs> in front of them. So uh, my solo doesn't come through extremely strong here uh, it kind of sounds like i'm just kind of a background like voice be like behind the saxophones uh but in reality on the street i was i'll set the scene i actually get on top of the bed and perform this solo so it's kind of a a, a sweet moment i actually get on the bed and like comfort my sister like it's okay like the nightmare is over i'm here to save you and it kind of just worked out that it was brother and sister so it wasn't like weird i'm like hugging some like little girl who i like don't really know is my sister right so i like give her a hug while the saxophones are playing and then i i pick up my my horn and i play my solo so uh you'll hear that here and i'm not going to break it again what the, the rest of dream on will play and we'll get to the end of the show so i'm just kind of rambling now uh i hope you enjoy uh i did ultimately put a lot of work into uh playing this solo really well back in the day so yeah anyways i'm gonna go ahead and play it now
Yeah, how about uh, how about that? Give it up for me, everyone, huh? Woo! <laughs> uh, that's I peaked in uh in that show for sure. Uh, like I said, it's it's honestly, if you didn't know it was a solo, you wouldn't even realize it because of the on that recording, anyways. But uh, very proud of uh, you know, that my, the whole group and uh, especially I I did put in a lot of work to uh, get that solo and then also play it well. Anyways we've been going on so long i'm gonna to try to kind of wrap it up here uh, obviously i there's a bunch of stuff i wanted to get to we're just gonna to have to do a second episode of this uh i just uh get get too into the details here i guess but um yeah so one final season the last year our show was called invincible and it was like a superhero themed show so most of the music we played was uh an adaptation of fanfare for the common man which is also a lot of the music I've mentioned we played, you might be like, what the heck is that? But if you went and looked it up, like I, I the reason I'm saying it is because it's pretty common music, even though it's more um, classic music or like band music, but it's played in like every movie ever, right? So anyways, uh, our final year, 2017, my senior season last year. And yeah, our show, our show is called Invincible. And it, it was a very appropriate name for the show. Um, at this point, actually, after Dare to Dream, Mike left the group. Similar to Tom, he had a couple kids. Uh, his life was kind of getting too busy. So he left and Joe took over. And uh, we had, you know, other people take control of the horn line specifically and stuff like that. So we kind of dialed it back. Um, but that w- is what was really great about the show. It was very technically good. It was a very precise show. We didn't, not a lot of grant grand displays not a bunch of props we kept it very simple Uh, we played to our strengths that year for sure we really leaned into uh, i said earlier my group uh, when i was in like eighth grade a bunch of people from my age joined and so that kind of worked to a positive effect is when we were all in eighth grade you know we were all in eighth grade but now we were all seniors so the best members of the band the oldest group was the largest group of the band we we comprised like i think there was like of the 90 or so kids, I think there was 27 of us. So we were like a quarter of the group, just one of the six grades. So it was kind of a big deal. It was a big deal for all of us, obviously. We uh, we wanted to win. We lost last, you know, in the previous season. We didn't win grand champions. And we really wanted to go out on top uh, and do, do what last year's seniors couldn't do. So our instructors really bought into that, uh, really bought into just making something like just like I said, very technically sound, very straightforward, no rah rah, which is what Mike really liked to do and Tom did before him. Once again, I've already said this, but we dialed it back, and uh, yeah, so very very good season. I'll kind of just spoil it. I, I've got the scores written down. Actually, let's go by the scores. So at Alexandria, we won. We had eighty nine point five. Waconia had eighty eight point four. Mankato had eighty four point six. So. We won Alexandria again. We went out on top. And we didn't forget about Litchfield. If you recall, I know we just listened to like a whole show. But Litchfield was talking that talk. They said they were better than us. And they beat us the previous year. We lost to them at Roseville. We didn't forget. And we showed up to Litchfield or to Roseville. That was our Super Bowl. We didn't care about winning Alexandria. We didn't care about any of that. We were not letting Litchfield beat us and be able to talk. Because it's so dumb that they beat us at this like rando show. They didn't even beat us at state at a like fair, even playing field. And they talk like they're the best March Man in the state. So we're like, we're not giving them an ounce this year. 
and we like sweated our asses off to like, like we we cared so much about Roseville this year and we won, we won Roseville we beat Litchfield so 88.6 to their 85.7 uh Waconia had 87.1 so Waconia beat them too and then Mankato just kind of fell off a cliff but um yeah so the very successful season we won the Otonia we won Alexandria and actually fun fact this is the maybe the most proud I am of all my years is we were undefeated for the first time ever we did not lose a single parade if you recall back to all the other years there's always some tea early in the season where Mankato beats us or you know we tie or they beat us at Otana and then we come back you know this was the first year ever we did not lose a single parade we won grand champion every single parade we won every award Uh, we even won best wins at Alexandria no matter what the bias was of Mike against us, the judge Mike, he couldn't not give it to us because we were that good. We won best wins. We won best color guard, drumline. We won everything. It was the first time ever in our history sweeping uh, a season. And it was the first time since, if you go all the way back to Tribal, when Park Center swept that year uh, when, when they performed. So it had been six years since someone had swept an entire summer worth of performances and we did it my senior season so i didn't have a solo senior year so i can't be like uh you know whatever but at that point in my career my career right (laughs) uh my junior and senior seasons of the band i was definitely a leader Uh, we didn't have like a formal horn sergeant of the band uh we we kind of led more by section leaders so sections but um for all intents and purposes me and kyle if you recall back uh, to that fateful day where we tried out mouthpieces and Eddie were the leaders of the marching band. So us three kind of were captains in terms of playing and marching and teaching and leading and stuff like that. So it definitely was a great experience to go from like little seventh grader who doesn't know anything to, you know, leading this band uh, to its fifth state championship in a row, uh, fourth and five years of true state champions actually wait now i'm thinking about it i don't know why i keep saying yeah we we okay so once again i've won 10 10 state championships well, i can spoil it a little we uh i i won six with the winter groups and so i only won four with the summer group so that does not include my junior year when we lost to waconia i apologize for uh mistakenly saying a couple times that we were state champions we did win our class we were the head of our class in state but we were not considered state champions so i apologize we won state championships not for five years in a row four out of the past five years and we went out on top so you can see the effects the direct effects of me personally leaving the band and when i say me i mean my my graduating class because the year after we went from undefeated not no one could touch us to uh the 720 cadets got fourth place the year after uh, I graduated. So obviously it's no knock to the group. Just point to the me and, or I'm not even trying to show, but like my, me and my class were a really, really big part of the group for those years we were successful. And they got third place the year after that. And then COVID happened. And then uh, the years after COVID, they haven't done like official scoring. They switched to just doing like excellent or superior. I don't know. They got kind of lame. They got PC on them. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's basically my whole career. I thought that was going to take less time. We're at the point of recording. I'm like over two hours right now. After editing, this is probably going to get chopped down a little bit. Holy crap. 
Uh, I thought that would maybe take me like 40 minutes to go through. Nope. <laughs> uh, I was going to talk about, you know, what it was like being in band a little more. Kind of like the, pr- you know, the practice schedule, typical day. But maybe that's not so, not so cool. So uh, I, we're definitely going to em- end the episode here, though. Uh, I can like barely talk anymore. And I'm only like really halfway done with my content. So I guess I gave you a teaser of the other stuff to come. Obviously, we have a lot of stuff to talk about with how winter drumline works. Um, winter horn line or winter winds is what it's called. I don't, can you hear me? I'm like talking and I realize that when I say winds, it sounds like I'm saying winds, like I go to the casino and win, but I'm saying wind, winds, like the plural of wind. Does that, is that even, I feel like I don't say it right. Is that like my dialect or am I just stupid? Okay. Well, winter winds, um, was uh, I was one of the first members of that in the country. So uh, that's a fun story, and I have more audio clips from both of those groups. Still haven't talked about the year I did of the uh, professional quote-unquote group and then college band at all. So did I honestly even really talk about band in general today? Uh, I give this whole spiel at the beginning about like, oh, what was band like in my experience and stuff, but I really just went through <laughs> the years I did it, the shows I did, and whether we won or lost. So I don't know. I guess uh, I realized in retrospect that I didn't really get into the the nitty gritties like I thought I was kind of getting into. Thought I uh, see. I can't talk. We, we got to cut the episode off. So if you listen to this whole thing, I mean, I applaud you. That was a kind of a slugfest. A lot of a lot of fun stories. Not a bunch of drama, but uh, I hope you enjoyed learning about my high school career in marching band. Uh, like I said, I'll probably next week. I want to kind of conclude this. We'll probably get into the second half of this next week. We'll wrap everything up. That is, you know, maybe something crazy happens this weekend. I got to tell a story. Who knows? But uh, uh, I think that's that's probably going to do it uh, anyways. And like I said, we'll, we'll finish all this next week. But thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you learned a thing or two about Minnesota Street Marching Band or marching band in general or what it's like or the kind of competitive aspect of it. I don't know. But uh, feel free if you ever want to watch the videos. I mean, they're all online. But you can also ask me to show you. I'll definitely show you pictures or um, I can maybe tell you some of the gossip too. I obviously just didn't want (laughs) to spill the tea on the show, but, uh, uh, all right, I'm done rambling. We will talk to you again next week. And, uh, I hope everyone has a, a great weekend and, uh, good start to February. All right. I will talk to you guys again soon. Love you so much. Thanks for listening and, uh, peace.